If I get another speeding ticket, I'm losing my license. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back to yet another edition of the Indiana Daily Student Football Podcast. Cameron Drummond here, along with Murphy Wheeler and Sean Mintert, coming to you from inside beautiful Franklin Hall, here to talk about all the latest and greatest news in the world of Indiana football. The Hoosiers are now 4-1. and one. It is Ohio State game week. We will be in Columbus as the Hoosiers take on the number 3-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes in IU's third Big Ten game of the season. We'll get you prepped for everything you need to know for Saturday afternoon's game and also take a look back at what was a football game between Indiana and Rutgers this past weekend. Kind of coincided with Hoosier hysteria, so maybe got lost in the shuffle of uh, the, the minds of the IU sports fan. But uh, before we get started, we finally got the podcast underway after several attempts Ooh. to start it. I uh, never thought we were going to get this thing started, to be honest. You didn't have any faith in me, Murphy? No, I actually didn't. For good reason. It was kind of pathetic to watch, yeah. actually. You it was it was a struggle. I'm not gonna lie. Laughing. I was not crying. I wanna, uh, I wanna, there was a, there was some tears involved. There were also some tears on the football field at highpoint.com. Terrible segue. Stadium. Terrible. In Piscataway, New Jersey. You should retire. This past Saturday, as Indiana defeated Rutgers 24 to 17. We said on the podcast last time out, or Sean did specifically, that Indiana should be able to, quote, pick their score against the Scarlet Knights. Maybe they did. Do you think Indiana picked 24-17? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, it looked like they could have maybe after the first half, yeah. but um, I don't think anyone's really sure what exactly the game plan was on offense in the second half, but um, that was Indiana's second scoreless second half of the season. And uh, as a result, they ended up just squeezing out a win over Rutgers, which is, you know, despite it being another tally in the win column, that's not the best result you could ask for. Is that um is that one of the worst phrases in college football in like a positive sense, squeezing out a win against Rutgers? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's not too many sentences worse than that that yeah. involve winning. Exactly. Murphy? It seemed like they kind of fell asleep, if you ask me, in the second half. Um, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the thinking was coming out of halftime. I really don't. But they, I mean, I guess a win's a win, but wow. I mean, it, that's about as ugly as it could get a seven point victory over Rutgers. Again, you know. Rutgers is a Big Ten program. That's a Big well, Ten road win. You know, the th okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Um, but, you know, I mean, the thing is. It's a tough environment they got in Piscataway. You know, you, you travel to Piscataway. Any road game can be difficult. Um, At all the cliches. That I'm involve, trying like, to trying think to... of reasons why it was justifiable, but it really wasn't. There, uh, not, Rutgers didn't do anything well. It exactly. Wasn't, it wasn't like Sitkowski went out there and had a career day, or you know, what is it, Raheem Blackshear? Uh, yeah, the he running back. He, he was okay, uh, but he didn't. He wasn't a world beater or anything. There was just no. No standout performers from Rutgers. They didn't do anything particularly well, and IU still only won by seven. Right. I mean, the thing, too, when you think about that football game is that IU was up 24-7 to at halftime. They had scored 24 consecutive points to close the first half, and then it just all died in the second half. There was no momentum. I think they went three and out on their first drive of the second half, had a kind of lengthy drive you know, later in the third quarter. Ended, I want to say that one was the one that ended with a Stevie Scott fumble that Rutgers ended up taking the game to make it a one-possession game, going down and scoring after the fumble. But even the start of the game was bad because IU was down 7 nothing. 
yeah, anyone definitely, talk. Definitely not not the start you wanted. And I was actually a little bit concerned for him uh, after that first drive. But, you know, the offense managed to stable themselves, uh, and they played pretty well for the first two quarters, I thought. Um, they were able to, to, you know, drive the ball pretty consistently, and they were able to get in the end zone three times. Um, and then they just looked like a completely different team. And I'm not really sure what the explanation is for it. You know, I guess it's easy to c- get complacent against the worst Power 5 team in the country when you're up by 17 at halftime, but that's still not something you can do in a Big Ten road game, apparently. Um, and Indiana should know that a little better than most considering the trouble they've had with blowing leads to Rutgers in the past. Mm. Ouch. Had to, had Ouch. to throw in that 2015 yeah. reference. Well, Ouch. You're not wrong. I mean – Again, it was play calling, again, that really hurt them. Um, we talked about this with Michigan State. Um, we've talked about it a few other times this year. Vir- I guess Virginia because the Virginia, second half of the Virginia game was Virginia the was a weird situation just because of the, the, the rain and all that stuff. That was kind of a weird game overall. Yes, rain is strange. Well, it was pouring down rain. You can only do so much mm-hmm. whenever you're in that kind of climate. But Climate. Uh, We're in, are we in a deciduous forest here in Bloomington? Is it temperate? Humid. Is that a biome? I think you're talking about biomes. No, like now. climate's like humid subtropical. No, that's a biome. Yeah, see, biomes like humid subtropical. No, Arctic. wait a minute. Biomes are like estuaries. No, peninsulas. What? No, those are geographical terms. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> I think I think a peninsula is not a biome. What's a an estuary? Is Florida. What's an estuary? It's like a stream. Yikes! Wow. Do estuaries feed into tributaries, which yes. feed into oceans? Yes. There okay. we go. Well, that's your geography lesson for the someone day. Someone obviously you. fell asleep in fourth grade geography. Yikes! He fell asleep when they put on the video of like how water goes down the mountain and it's like spits out in the Pacific. Well, wouldn't you fall asleep? No, I would get thirsty and go back and drink from the water fountain. Like weird. Anyway, like a um, horse back at to an oasis. Back to Rutgers. Um, but yes, it, it comes down to play Rutgers, which game. is by the water. Oh my God. It, when, it, when it comes down to it, it's, again, play calling, and it's way too conservative play calling from the coaches. Um, Especially in the second half. Ayu's up 24-7, gets the ball first to start the second half. They have a chance to, for lack of a better term, end the game, you know, stomp on Rutgers' throat, go up 31-7, have a chance to maybe rest their starters, put in backups, put in Michael Penix Jr., Ronnie Walker Jr., you know, Chris Gage, Cacti, Freifogel, guys who are secondary, third options at each of your skill positions, make sure no one gets hurt because Ayu's already a bit banged up injury-wise. And instead, everyone has to... You know, whether they're going at 100% or not, they got to play out four quarters. And, you know, if IU doesn't get that fourth down conversion via penalty and via the completed pass to Peyton Hendershot with about two, three minutes left, Rutgers has a chance to go back and force overtime. Yeah. And so, I mean, there you go. And I, I just think it's going to be a problem all year just because, you know, that's how it was. La- I mean, it, they had this problem last year with the play calling. They're having it again this year. It's not going to change. It really isn't. And I know. We actually talked about this in one of our classes the other day. Um, where yes, we do attend class here at this university. Sometimes. Well, we don't. I don't attend Myself class. sometimes. Sometimes. Anyway, um, we did talk about this where, you know, maybe some people think or want to blame it on Peyton Ramsey a little bit. And I think that's just kind of ludicrous. Really? In a way. And, like, yes, I think he's limited in certain things that he can do, and that limits the offense at times. But even if he can do those things – we're not going to find out. You know what I mean? Like, even if he can or can't, we're never going to find out either one just because we're never going to see him be able to open it up when it comes to big plays. 
when it comes to throwing it down the field. And maybe he can't do that, but we'll never see it. We'll never actually know because that's just how the play calling's been. And I think that's kind of – you can't blame much of it on Ramsey when it comes down to it, I feel like. And people are going to want Penix in there to be able to do those things because Penix, we know, can't has a better arm – is probably is probably more talented from the mold of just an athlete at the quarterback position. Penix gives you more opportunities to right. try these more exotic downfield, you know, scramble type plays. Right, but I don't even know if we'd be able to see. I don't know if we would see anything different from him because again, I don't know how much they would change it up. Do you think it that, seems very stubborn do you when think, it comes to play calling? Do you think that Michael Penix Jr. would still be boxed in? Yes, I think they're boxed in. I think the quarterbacks are boxed in, and whether Peyton Ramsey is. Uh, you know, he has the ability to make big plays, go down the field, be able to do certain things that people are wanting him to do. It will just won't know because he is boxed in. I think Penix would be in the same exact situation if they put him in. Uh, yeah, I, I agree, especially with the part about blaming Peyton Ramsey for, you know, the the offense's ineptitude on Saturday because the first four drive of the g- first four drives of the game, Indiana scored points. They looked like a good offense. They were comfortable. And when that offense is clicking under Peyton Ramsey, you know, obviously you're not going to see that kind of efficiency against a team like Ohio State or Michigan State. But they should be able to put points on the board under Ramsey. And they were trying different things. They had a couple trick plays thrown in there. Stevie Scott had a rushing touchdown, so there was still a balance between running pass as well. Mm-hmm. And then you know you talk about. You know whether or not we're able to we're able to see Michael Penix, you know, do what he can do under Mike DeBoard, and, and people talk about there's a ceiling on what Peyton Ramsey can do. I think there's a ceiling on what Mike DeBoard can do with an offense. I think mm-hmm. that's where the yep. real where the real barrier to sort of the offensive breakthrough that they've been looking for is. I don't think it's I you know obviously Ramsey has his limitations, but I think right. the real limit put on this offense is put on by the coaching staff. You can play around those limitations, you know what I mean? If you get creative with your play calling, if you get a little bit more looser with your play calling and it's just so conservative that, you know, it's just not going to happen. And I think you're right about that. I think there is a ceiling there. And you know, at the beginning of the year when they named Ramsey the quarterback, I was like a lot of people where you know, I kind of rolled my eyes and said, here we go again. You thought he was the more pragmatic, safe choice. It's the safe choice, here we go again. And, you know, there's still a part of me that still thinks that in a way, just because they do seem to go the safe route a lot of times offensively, even when it comes to play calling. Um, but do you think that safeness but I feel is, like, is determined by Ramsey being the quarterback or is the safeness determined by Mike DeBoer as the offensive coordinator? I think it, I think it's because DeBoer is the offensive coordinator. I think, And I think my thinking has shifted from what it used to be. You've evolved in your philosophy. Right, no, because I've gotten to watch him just a little bit more. I've gotten to watch Ramsey just a little bit more in depth, and I have actually been very impressed with what he's done this year. I think he's actually played really well, um, and I don't consider him exactly the safe choice. I think in a way he is still, but um, overall I think it does come down to just way too much safeness play calling from the board. You know, I think this sounds a little eerily similar to um, – Something that I was that I was sort of looking into last year, uh, and at the pro football level with the Kansas City Chiefs, when they had Alex Smith, yeah, in there, and you know they drafted the hot shot Patrick Mahomes, they traded up to get him. Plenty mm. of people wanted Patrick Mahomes to play right out of the gate. They said Alex Jones or Alex Smith doesn't <laughs> doesn't throw the ball downfield Alex enough. Alex Jones is not Alex, the quarterback. Alex Smith is is too conservative. The offense is too limited with him. Alex Smith went out and had his best season that year and still got replaced. I think there could be something similar here. I'm you know, you, I think Ramsey you give Alex Smith. You, yeah, Peyton Ramsey is the Alex Smith in this situation, and 
you know, if you give Penix time to just sit behind, you know, a guy that's already started in college and just get a year of experience, you know, learning the playbook, doing, you know, just getting used to the day-to-day, behind-the-scenes, everything, that's valuable, especially for a guy that's that has the raw talent that Michael Penix has. That's really valuable, just getting him used to the situation that he's in. And we've seen what Mahomes has done this year with the Chiefs. Who knows what who knows what Penix could do? Could be doing next well, year and because I kinda, that's what looks like the plan is. Right, I would like and Tyree I kind of to get me like forty more points in fantasy, so I could beat Murphy. So I guess Patrick Mahomes. You will can't never be Wap Filler. My fantasy team is uh, quite good right now. We're just gonna make comparisons from the IU football team to the Kansas City Chiefs for the rest of the year, right? Who knows? So it's we'll Harrison see. Butker, Logan Justice. All right, let's not go too far one. there. I but I do agree with that sentiment. You know, kind of um, that comparison there, just because. I've kind of just figured this whole season that that's kind of what's going to happen. Penix is just kind of going to take over next year, um, and he's and it is very valuable to get that learning experience, like you said, behind Ramsey. And you know, when it comes down to it, obviously Penix Jr. is the more flashier, more very much more talented option out of the two because we've seen it at times. We've seen how good Penix Jr. is, and honestly, you could make an argument he's the most talented player on this football team. Um, and I think you just got to give him some time because even in his limited play time that we've seen so far, you, there's still some time to grow. There's still some room to grow. There's still some rough patches that he needs to fix before he actually becomes the face of this offense. So I think, yes, I, I kind of – I don't know if I've ever actually thought, you know, Ramsey is the long-term looking ahead two years from now. Well, that's the thing he's the long-term option. I never really thought of Ramsey it Ramsey still way. has two years of eligibility left. Right, he's only a redshirt I mean. sophomore. Right. So I, I but I've still even when he was named starting quarterback this year, I've never really thought that. I've always just kind of thought eventually Penix is going to take over. But in the meantime, while we are in this situation where Ramsey is the starting quarterback, it's not like they can just sit put and, you know, not try to do something. Like you know what I mean? A year just mm-hmm. Right. And I to, that's where it, that's almost if this keeps going like this is, if the play calling keeps just kind of stalling out like it has, and IU just never does anything very spectacular when it comes to offense, I think that's how a lot of people, a lot of fans are going to take it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I feel like mm-hmm. it's just going to feel like, well, they're punting this year. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, And they don't Liter- want that, and I don't think and they should. they may be right. punting. Exactly, and I just don't think they should do that because I think they have still a poss- an opportunity to be a, you know. I mean, look at what the schedule looks like game. ahead. If IU doesn't get six games one, that's a massive failure. I mean, it was not, a massive failure last year too. I mean, but even this year, when you, well, I guess last year you kind of circled that Maryland game as the big missed opportunity. But just looking at how bad the Big Ten is this year, and some of the games going ahead on IU schedule, like forget Ohio State, forget Iowa, forget Penn State. If you can't win two of the games between Minnesota, Maryland at home, and Purdue at home, and that's all IU has to do, the easiest path to a bowl game is winning two out of those three games. Then what a lost season it is, especially from a position where they were four and one to start. Well, and if you can't win two of those three games, you don't deserve a bowl game. You don't. No. Yeah. Because those are those are two teams that are going to be right around that six and six, five and seven, seven and five level. Right. Um, Especially with two and of those if, three and games. And if you can't home. beat those teams, then you're definitely not going to be in a situation where you can end up in a bowl game because you've blown the opportunities against teams that are at the same level as you. Right. And if you can pick up a victory, you know, somehow against Penn State, maybe Iowa, the more realistic option in two weeks' time on homecoming, then, you know, all the more power to you. And you could somehow get into – it'd be funny if IU got, like, you know, seven or eight wins this season in a year where, like, 
as Murphy said, like they're not necessarily punting, but like mm-hmm. it still feels like it's just a year we're waiting for the transition to take place, you know? Yeah, and I, I just don't think I don't think they want I don't I don't know if they're actually thinking it is that that way as a transition year almost. I don't know what their thinking is. But again, if nothing changes the way it is right now, that's how it's going to be perceived. Right. So, I, and I don't think they want that. Obviously. So one of um some IU fan on Twitter, I forget the exact name of the the username of the handle, was mentioning. Uh, I wrote a column after the Rutgers game, basically kind of saying what these two guys have been shouting about for the last five or so minutes. Is you know the play calling has been stagnant, even when IU's succeeding and scoring touchdowns. It's not because Mike DeBoer's calling good plays. It's because IU's basically succeeding in spite of him. He's not calling plays with a high percentage for IU to get either chunk yardage or even have, you know, especially around the goal line success of getting the ball into the end zone. But someone responded on Twitter basically saying, isn't it weird that we're having these big philosophical discussions about the direction of IU football and like how bad they played, but they're still 4-1 and one somehow? Like sometimes I look at that schedule and I kind of forget to myself, like this team is not that good and we're talking about all the struggles with it and all the problems they had to beat Rutgers. But yet, at the end of the day, they're two wins away from bowl eligibility. They're four and one because they played not great teams. Fair. They've beaten. Yeah, not the performance very good teams. against Rutgers gets you beat by the rest of the Big Ten or exactly. anyone else. I he's probably played so far in the yeah. schedule. Whoop de doo! You beat Paul, Ball State by four touchdowns. I mean, join the club. You know what I mean? Like well, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's not in that club. Well, very true. <laughs> but you know, that's what I mean, though. Like, it's just, it's not like. Four and one is something special right now because well, and within the context of value football though, isn't being two wins away from a bowl berth a, by the start yeah. of October well, like a massive? Is a, this is a desirable position for IU, but it's not entirely representative of them playing you know great football. They haven't looked great the last two weeks. It's shaky. That's what it yeah. is. It's just very like anything could happen where the wheels could fall it, off. They're they're four moment. and one, and they could be four and five in a month's time. Yep. It's like the 2016 season where I think they lost six straight Big Ten games after starting out four and one or three and one because they beat Michigan State to go to three and one, and mm-hmm. I think they lost six straight conference games because then they had to rally to beat Purdue and Not someone the week before the they beat, they beat Maryland that year. They beat Maryland. That was the Tyler Nate exhibition. <laughs> they beat Maryland. Big Bacon shout out. He's oh, at, yeah. he's at Montana State. I wonder Big what he's up show. to. You know what? I'll look. Let's it look. Up. How's Tyler Nate doing? Is he, did he have to sit this year out, or did he? No, he would have sat out last year. Okay, man, it's been that long. No, he I transferred know. this past offseason. Oh no, but he didn't play last year for IU. Mm-hmm. Let's just see what didn't play Big Bacon's up, Big Bacon's up to in the mountains. I don't know, but the first article is Big Bacon finds comfort zone in Bozeman. That's the oh. first thing. That so comes what you're up. telling me is the newspaper people in Montana are having a field day They're with already... this. I'm glad Big Bacon is happy. I mean, that's all that matters, right? I just want mm-hmm. Big Bacon to be happy. I'm just looking. I'm just trying to find. He has uh, 61 carries for 237 yards and two touchdowns this year. He's 61 carries through like wait six a games. Oh wait, that's his last. That's his mm. career stats. Yeah, Sorry. that sounds a lot. Yikes! More wait, that's just his first game. <laughs> wow. Well, okay, I don't know if he's actually played this year. Okay, so maybe he has to sit out this year. Sit out this year. I'm not positive. Yeah, I don't know. So the point, but the point is, IU could lose a lot of games in a row here consecutively. So if nothing else, the fact that they've banked four wins by the start of October is is a victory for them. It's not necessarily representative of that. They're maybe not a good enough team to be 4-1, and one, but the fact that they're only two wins away from getting to a bowl game is something positive. Like, it's better than mm-hmm. not being 2-3. Well, yeah, it's better than being 2-3. and three. Well, I guess the thing is, yeah, if you if you weren't 4-1, and one, if you were 3-2 and two or 2-3 two and three at this point, then some real tough questions yeah. would be getting asked. Uh-huh. So... 
with that in mind, let's kind of shift our focus to Ohio State. Oh um, God! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! So let's be honest here. Let's let's just be honest. They're gonna lose. There's no. There's not a chance. I'm sorry. Well, ESPN's like not a chance. college football matchup predictor, I believe, gives the Hoosiers a 3.9% chance. So there is a chance. What's the no, line I again, Sean? Uh, Ohio State is a 25-point favorite and as that's, of 30 minutes ago. I feel like that's low. Hey, I found his stats, by the way. All right, what's Tyler Nate? I was looking on ESPN, and that was fake news. It was 12 carries for 34 yards and two touchdowns so far this year. So goal line back. He's a goal line guy. From Montana State's Montana a pretty good team. Montana State. The Bobcats? Yeah. They recruited What's me their at, record, huh? They recruited me out of high school. What's their record? Yeah, they recruited to you out of high school. what? To, to be, be the a, water boy? To be a student, not to play athletics. Montana State's record? To play athletics. That's when you know he's not an athlete. I, didn't, I said not to play athletics. I said to be a student. I know. Just the fact that you say play athletics. Wow. Um, they're in the You're big, a sports writer. They're in the Big Sky Conference. How many games have they played? Uh, four. Okay, I'm gonna say one of those was a money game against an FBS Five. team. Sorry, I'm sorry. So let's say they are four and one. Three and two. Mm. They lost to South Dakota State and they lost to Eastern Washington. There's the wait. Who they beat then? They beat Western Illinois. The Lumberjacks. Um, I don't think that's is that right? I think they're the, oh, the Leathernecks. Excuse me, the Leathernecks. Yeah. Um, Yikes. they beat Wagner College. Uh, the Seahawks and Portland State. The Vikings. I okay. know that. So yeah, not the toughest schedule. But they didn't play any FBS so, teams. That's interesting. They didn't yeah. get their catch. Okay, so enough about Montana State. Bozeman, Montana, lovely city. I'd like to visit sometime. They really? Have a, they have a mountain in Bozeman where it's just a big M made out of rocks, kind of like at Missouri's Why football stadium. Why do you stadium. know so much about Bozeman, that Montana? That doesn't sound like a mountain to me. Well, it's like a mountain with just rocks on the side of it that spell out M. Because Montana State sent me a lot of flyers my senior year of high school. Oh, you're so smart. I don't know if you have to be smart to get into Montana State. They have a Whoa, really, well, come now on. you're just insulting the integrity of now. another fine academic institution. How dare you? They have a really good, like, earth. I think they teach. They have what? They have, like, a really good, like, earth-type program or something. Yeah? What does that mean? Because it's in Montana, so you can, like, move and somebody the wanted you to go to their college. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I never said I was smart. <laughs> Neither did I. I think they teach geography there. Maybe we should all go and learn what peninsulas are once and for all. I know what a peninsula is. Give Florida me ex- is a peninsula. Give me any other example of a peninsula that's not Florida. Um, uh, Michigan. The Michigan Peninsula. <laughs> gotcha. Fine. That's gotcha passable that for now. Uh, Ohio State. Let's get back on track here. <laughs> no. So, the Buckeyes. <laughs> Who's got a better chance of beating Ohio State this weekend? IU or Montana State? Well, IU because they're the ones that play them this okay. week. Yeah. That, so. didn't, that didn't quite work. Yeah. yeah. Again. Smart one we got yeah. here. Cameron doesn't think but think think before he speaks. <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. <laughs> so so Sean, you've heavily researched the Buckeyes for us. <laughs> what can you tell us about everything in Columbus? Well uh <laughs> what I mean, where They're do we good. start? Where do we start? <laughs> there's here? a lot. There's a lot to unpack um, here. Is what let's we're trying start to say, it. Folks. Let's start at quarterback. Dwayne Haskins. Uh, he's in his first year starting, and he's a Heisman contender. So, they're doing pretty well after the departure of J.T. Barrett. Um, you know, he wasn't fantastic against Penn State last week, but he did enough. He led the final scoring drive. Uh, and they came out of Happy Valley with a aided huge by a win. really bad fourth down play call by James Franklin in the Penn State offense. It's true. That was a Mike DeBoard type call, running the a draw in like fourth, fourth and, and four, five. Yeah. Fourth and five. Um, so yeah, they did have some. They Borderline did have some help, but 
Um, you know, he's already thrown 19 touchdowns this year through five games. Granted, their opposition has been hit or miss because they've played Penn State. Oh, they've played TCU and Penn State. Which TCU is, and Penn State's the good. Oregon State's the middle. And then Tulane and Rutgers is the bad. Yeah, they can't control Rutgers. They're in their division. Um, no, one can, no one can control the Rutgers. No one can. That's actually a pretty good schedule there. Really. Yeah. It's a cool mix because I mean, Tulane's got that. I mean, two ranked throw. teams in there yeah. already. One of them's a top 10 team. TCU is top 15. All those games have been at home except for Penn State, which they couldn't control. And then TCU was neutral site, but yeah. like Cowboy Stadium was full of Buckeye fans. AT&T Stadium, excuse me, sponsorship. Yeah, but uh, Dwayne Haskins, so he's, he's good. Uh, you'll be able to see plenty of that on Saturday. Um, <laughs> one interesting thing I, I saw, though, is that the IU secondary – they're the IU defense as a whole. They've only given up, on average, 163 passing yards a game, which is about – I don't remember what Haskins was – I think he's at like 290, so that's like 130 mm. less than what he's averaging. Jesus. So it'll be it'll be a real litmus test, litmus test for the IU secondary um, to see, you know, if this, if this start is really how good they are. And, you know, if they can hold Haskins to 250, I'd call that a, I'd call that a great performance. Especially for a young secondary, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. They've had so much success against the likes of Arthur Schitzkowski and Riley, Riley Neal. Neal this year. Riley Neal. And whoever they that, threw out there the, for Florida the International. The deadly two-quarterback <laughs> system from Florida International. Which had some success. Mm. Some. Not a lot. Uh, some. I don't know I mean, about they, that. They completed some passes. They completed so some passes. Congrats. Um, Bryce Perkins, Brian Lewerke. Oh, yeah. You're gunslinger Bryce Perkins. Yeah, Brian Lewerke is by far and away the best you're quarterback You're in love with Bryce faced. Perkins. Bryce Perkins in a... Dry environment could be right. Indiana. Okay, anyway, so that's the Ohio State passing situation. The good news for IU, though, is if, Ohio, if they force Ohio State to run the ball, Ohio State has no good running backs, right? You would also be wrong there. They have oh, two no. good ones. They might have the two uh, – I'm trying to think before I say something stupid. They might have the two best running backs in the Big Ten, depending yeah. on how you feel about, like, Karan Higdon. Uh, mm. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan there Taylor. I mean, Big Ten still, East. Big Ten East. two of the top three. Yeah, I would say J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber. Um, mm-hmm. I've thought Mike Weber was a senior for about the past two or three seasons Honestly, now. Yeah. He, no, he's got uh, the Peyton Ramsey disease. Where a cool he's thing be about him five years. is that he's a junior. Whoa! So, <laughs> like a redshirt junior, be, or just a junior. No, just a junior. Jeez. Oh my god! He'll be he'll be back again. Him and Dobbins. Um, well, Ayu got Ayu was the first team to get like introduced to the J.K. Dobbins experience because yep. it was last year's opening game. J.K. Dobbins, complete unknown freshman, cars up for IU for, I want to say, over 200 rushing yards. 181. 181, close enough. So, yeah. They yeah, know they already know him. what they're getting into with Dobbins. I think Weber was either hurt or mm. suspended or yeah, something Dobbins for that Yeah, Dobbins started that game, and now it's kind of out of the blue a little bit. Uh huh. Um, this year, it looks like they'll be getting both of them. Uh, <laughs> Lucky IU. So... Yeah, and IU hasn't been fantastic against the run. You know, the defensive line's inconsistencies have been pretty well highlighted. They're giving up almost 160 yards a game on the ground. Um, and I would Rutgers, expect the fact that Rutgers had success. And yeah, as we mentioned, what was named Raheem Blackshear. Yeah, the he fact had that 64 he had yards. As much success as he did. Yeah, they weren't. It wasn't. It wasn't just a single-handed effort from Rutgers. Uh, it never is. You know, their leading rusher had 64 yards, but um, it seems like. Dobbins and Weber are going to be able to get their yards and probably throw in a few touchdowns against the IU defense. So, What's it looking like for, for IU on the offensive side of the ball? Where are they going up against in the Buckeye defense? The news isn't going to keep getting any better, is it? Oh, the news gets a little bit better. Nick Bosa's still out. Okay. Uh, so the IU 
offensive line will not have to see him. But the problem is they will still have to face Draymond Jones, who I believe had a really good game here Draymond last year. Draymond Jones is very good. He's player. very good. He's one of the best defensive linemen in the country, uh, and he doesn't even lead the team in sacks. That's Chase Young, who has four. Draymond Jones has three and a half. Um, wow. Chase Young's a beast. Bosa though. has six, but you know, <laughs> in like three games too. It's it's ridiculous Lordy. how deep they are. But that that the IU offensive line is going to have their hands full trying yeah. to. It could be another Michigan State type game as far as the running game is concerned. Where IU maybe has to, for all intents and purposes, abandon the run, not only because of the scoreboard, but also just because it's just mm-hmm. not going to work. Yeah. It's not going to matter. IU's going to lose. I'm sorry. Let's talk about special teams. Is there is there any <laughs> positives for IU? Uh, I, I was talking about this on a podcast earlier today with um, Michael Dugan, podcast hosted on the Assembly Call Podcast Network. Oh, okay. Plug, sorry. I, he was telling me areas where IU was anywhere comparable to Ohio State, and he was like asking me for that. And I was thinking the closest thing I could think is punt return and punting. Congrats. Yeah, I'm not really familiar on the I, the uh, Ohio State punting punter situation. I just said that basically because I think Hayden Whitehead is like above average, and Jason Harris at least has one return touchdown this Hayden year. Hayden Whitehead yeah. is far above average. Well, <sighs> Hayden Whitehead is a friend of the program. Everyone's a friend of the program. Well, most people are a friend of the program. Eh. Not all, though. Most. I'm just thinking, like, if there's one position group between IU and Ohio State where the Hoosiers are at least comparable and on maybe the same playing field, if not a little bit better than Ohio State, it's probably punting and punt return. Well, it's Ohio, not State has it's not, not, Ohio State has not returned a punt for a touchdown this year, so I would say that there is. So there is, you go. Yeah, Ohio, Indiana's winning one nothing in that department. <laughs> It's like on the checklist, like, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. IU gets the thumbs up at special, like, in punting and punt return, actually, only. Not kick return. Definitely not kick return. Probably not kicking either. And yeah, Logan jo- Logan Justice has been solid. He's doing fine. No Griffin Oaks. Better than Griffin Oaks in 2016, but not as good as Griffin Oaks in 2017. I mean, Somewhere in the middle. A lot of people would be better than Griffin Oaks in 2016. Yeah, true. Well, I'm not going to say I can do that because I'm not athletic. No, so. you could not do that. I want you to know now, you could not do that. Going back to the Rutgers game real quick, the decision from IU to go for it on 4th and 9 at like the Rutgers 20 or so when Logan Justice could have just kicked a field goal and made it, I think, a 13-point game instead of a 10-point game, that was that was another bad decision. <laughs> and Logan Justice, I mean, this you, was still, a terrible you still decision. go down if the right. opposing team scores two touchdowns. But so at some point, bank on your defense to I, not get yeah, up two I touchdowns get to Rutgers. I get why you don't, just because it really doesn't matter if they get that second touchdown. Right. But Logan Justice, but. right at the end of the first half, had a career-long field goal, I think 44 yards, right before halftime. So, I mean, he's got some, he hasn't been a disaster kicker by any stretch of the imagination. He's been solid. I have a question. Just, just, to be, just to be honest, when it comes to this Ohio State game, what is a successful game for IU? What no, in, no I, injuries. I think it has nothing to do no, with the scoreboard. No injuries. No injuries. I think it's no injuries, and at least on the offensive side of the ball, you see some excitement. You see some variety in the play calling. You see something like, I don't know, taking two or three deep shots down the field to Nick Westbrook, and if they get intercepted, that's fine. At least you're trying something new. What IU fans can't see and what I don't want to see is IU down 17 points, still throwing slant routes yep. to Ty Freifogel. Yep. I just want something, like, just show show something different. This game is going to be a loss. There's a 99% chance of that. You might as well just go out and, if nothing else, make it entertaining, make it palatable for people. 
Because if you're going to lose 62-3, to like, at least throw the ball past the first down marker. I agree. I agree. I'd like to see some, you know, some electricity, some life from the IU offense, even if they are down by multiple possessions. I don't want them to just see – I don't want to just see them, you know, running down the clock, you know, just trying to get out of there. I want to see them actually, you know, try and see if they can figure something out um, on offense against, you know, a pretty – Darn elite defense. Because right. if you can find out something that works against the Ohio State defense, then you've. I don't you've care got if it's the second there. string. If you have something that works, you know the second string at Ohio State's probably still better than the defense at you know Maryland, Purdue, and Minnesota. Right. I mean, there's things you Agreed. can learn from this game for sure that aren't tied to actually winning the football game or tied to covering the spread or scoring a certain amount of points or something like that, right? Oh yeah, I was just making sure we weren't kidding ourselves when we were talking about this game. <laughs> well, the last time IU went to Ohio State was 2016. I believe the final score was 38-17, and that was a competitive game for a half. And IU was actually up three nothing in that game. So, and that, but I mean that version of Ohio State was not quite the version that is this year. And I don't know what you want to say about this year's Indiana team compared to like a 2016 team. But I mean two completely different I can't models. Remember that far back? What are you talking about? Yeah, I forgot you have amnesia. Where am I? There we go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, though, that's the thing, though. It's it's just such a weird game where, like, it's the only game on the schedule this year for IU where you can actually just say, okay, going into the season, you knew what this was going to be. Like, I was explaining this on the podcast earlier with Dugan. When IU fans, even the most optimistic of IU fans, are looking at their schedule and plotting out, okay, this is a possible win, this is a possible loss, whatever. For the last 30 years, for the better part of it, Ohio State can just be an automatic L. And there's nothing wrong with that because from Indiana football's perspective, they are nowhere near a level of Ohio State. Maybe not for the past 30 years to be automatic L. but Well, there's been, as I said, there's been bits and pieces there where IU's been competitive. They've had a the chance Mallory to pull years, an upset. They had some, they had, well, well, that was IU's last win against Ohio right. State was 1987. Right. But you had some close calls in the 90s. You had 2015, I believe. Was Mallory coaching in 87? IU lost by only seven. I believe so. I don't know. Possibly. I don't have the energy to look it up. Actually, I will. While you guys are talking, I'll look it up. But, like, so, I mean, there's just no reason for fans to expect a win, right? Yeah. Um, you At know, least you, be you realistic. Want them, you want them to look like they belong on the same field, basically. Uh, you don't. You just don't want to get, for lack of a better term, actually, this is probably a pretty good term. You don't want to get Rutgers <laughs> by, by Ohio State. How do you spell State. that? Uh, is it Rutgers apostrophe, Rutgers apostrophe D? Okay. Yeah. Um... You don't want what was that fifty two to three? It was fifty two to three, but yeah. like it could have been worse than fifty two oh, yeah. to three. I mean, I think Oregon State gave up I almost just wanna, seventy to them. Yeah, but Oregon State also scored about thirty, so so it balances out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the offense can show, you know, some kind of you know decent production, whether it's you know moving the ball, picking up some first downs, um, you know, maybe they don't end with points, but if they can move the ball somewhat consistently, they'll somewhat consistently they'll mm. hang around. Um, you know, for maybe a quarter or a half, and then the Ohio State talent's just going to show itself if it is a close game. Um, there's so do you see something where, like, this is competitive at halftime and gets blown out of proportion in the not. third quarter? I could see it maybe being, like, 10-3 at the end of the first quarter. And then maybe, like, 24-6 at halftime or something. Something like that. And then it spirals. It snowballs, yeah. Does anyone think we're going to have a repeat of 2017 where IU leads? At any point, maybe like the first position. three nothing, yeah, like yeah, something like that, but not at halftime. No, no, absolutely no. not. 
Bill Mallory was coaching in 1987. Thank you. Yeah, and that was, I believe, a home game that IU, I think they shut out the Buckeyes in 1987. No, they went on the road at, oh, number, nine, at number nine Ohio State really? and won 31-10. to 10. Wow. That's impressive. They didn't show That's the video of that game win. before. That's impressive. Yeah. That was the same year they got beat by Michigan State. On the road to go to the Rose Bowl. Oh, you're gonna. Isn't this the one? That was where he went. That's where Mallory went to the the locker room and gave the speech to Michigan State. You love that video. I really do. You are one. Can you quote it? I am one with the video. (laughs) I don't know if I can actually quote all of it because of regulations Uh, on here. Fair enough. We love FCC regulations on this podcast. Bill Mallory was the goat. Didn't care about the FCC one bit. Probably. I bet he didn't. I am one with that video. All right, let's do fourth and one. Who wants it? Who did it last week? I think I did. I last think you week. did. So okay. you're, so up, Sean. Sean. Do it. you're up, pal. I've got one really good question, and the rest we're just gonna fly by the seat of our They're pants. They're all on. trash. Okay, sounds good. Kind of like well, kind of like what? Kind of like what? No, let's... No, I was just gonna throw another jab at you. You're just gonna make fun of me again. Yeah. And you call yourself my friend? Eh, that's that's a harsh <laughs> term there. All right, his first one's gonna be a longer one, but it's a good question. Against Michigan State, Peyton Ramsey had a career-high 48 passing attempts. Will Peyton Ramsey break his record for most passing attempts against Ohio State? No. Uh, I think it'll be 40 or lower, probably. Okay. How many rushing yards for IU? 31 or more, 30 or less. I'm gonna say 31 or more. I think mm. there's, I think there's gonna be an oppor- opportunity for some garbage time. You're banking unlike, on a lot of garbage unlike time. Michigan State, right, where the game was competitive the whole, the whole yeah. way through. Over under a 35 point differential in whoever wins, whether it's IU so does, or Ohio State. Uh, I'm gonna say under. Under. So you think IU keeps it within 35? Yeah, I think. Uh, or IU beats. I them think by Ohio less State scores a few garbage time touchdowns. So <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I think IU will keep it within five touchdowns. Okay. Um, official attendance over under 105. What does thousand. what does the horseshoe hold? Capacity is like 105,000, I think. Right uh, I'm gonna say under. Under. 103, maybe. 103. Only 103. That's not bad. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, over under. 60 points. That's the last one. There was five questions. Total? I don't know. 60 teams? points total from both teams. That's a tough one. Hang on. What, what's my score prediction? Ooh, that's tough. That's actually a tough one. Over. Over 60? Yeah. All right, what's your, let's just go right into it then. What's your score prediction? 52-17 Ohio State. Mm, that's a lot more points than I think Ohio State would score, and that's a lot more points than I think Indiana would score. I don't that's think actually, Haskins is going to have that much trouble, to be honest. That's mm. actually kind of kind of close to mine. I was going to say Ohio State wins 44-20. to 20. Also over sixty points, yep. forty-four to twenty. Yep, I think I think IU's going to score some late touchdowns or something like that. I really do. I'll take Ohio State forty-nine. No, 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 fifty-two, fifty-two to ten. So we're over sixty-two. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's close. I don't think it's ever close. I don't think it's ever close. No, I think. But again, as we said, if, I say forty-four twenty. I think that's the closest if it is. You're an Indiana fan, and you're going into this game thinking it's going to be close. You can do that, but that's not the realistic outlook, and that's also not what you should measure success in this game by. Success in this game is not whether or not IU loses by twenty points or thirty-five points. Success is what they do to score the points they do, and how they limit Ohio State in the small victories they will likely have against the Buckeye offense. Crazier things have happened, though. You never know. What would be the parallel to this? Appalachian State, no. Michigan. <laughs> I said that earlier, uh, and no, I thought no. that's a little. T- I think the parallel to this is Iowa State 
at Oklahoma, I believe, last year. That would be that's a decent. Yeah. Yep. I, I think see so. Because there was know. no Iowa reason State, for that to happen. I don't know. Iowa State. They weren't bad. They were a little bit better than I. Yeah, they were a little bit better, but. I mean, they're also, like IU, a very not well-established football program at the FBS level <laughs> in if, terms of, like, recent bowl success and the like. Yeah. So, so I yeah. think that's fair. Like, App that's, State and Michigan is a little, like— you're going to get. Yeah, no, it's not an FCS program going right. to Michigan. I mean, Clemson, and Clemson almost slipped up last weekend you, against Syracuse You know, at this home. could be a Pitt-Clemson game. Pitt-Clemson? Yeah. We're, Hashtag put Pitt in. We're, we're Pitt now? This is what happens? We're Pitt? I'm just saying this situation is comparable. Pit, more like tip, more like Pittsburgh. Why? Where, where did the joke? Where? What oh. was your joke? I don't know. I gave exactly. Up yeah, you edit that out, please. <laughs> more like tip. <laughs> yeah, that what? was bad. That was really bad. We like spoonerisms on this. What podcast else is going on this mentioned. weekend? Is there anything better to watch than maybe this game? Uh, hockey's back. The NHL starts. Okay, well, we Wednesday night, that. the Capitals are dropping a banner at the Verizon Center. I, I think it's still called the Verizon Center. Yay! Um, so hockey's some back. Some tough guys, I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> Baseball is happening. The Cubs hey, lost. I'm yeah, ecstatic that's... that the Cubs lost. Well, I hate the Cubs. Look out for the Rockies. Rocktober. Hashtag Rocktober. You said we were going to talk about the Ryder Cup today. Oh, too. let's talk about the oh, Ryder Cup. Let's real quick. talk about the Ryder Cup. So this is nothing. This to do is with kind of where I wanted to get to. Honestly. At this point, we apologize, but we have to talk about what happened in the we Ryder Cup. We have to talk about what happened. So the U.S. United lo- States sucks. The U. <laughs> the U.S. lost the Ryder Cup. Imagine if someone could have seen this coming. In really bad fashion to Europe last weekend. It, it you know it started like last Thursday uh. or Friday, finished up last Sunday. It wasn't even close. Tiger Woods went 0 for 3, I believe. Drives me insane. Phil Mickelson didn't win either. Um, You had some pairings for Europe do super well. Francesco Molinari and Tommy Fleetwood, most notably. Thunder Bear did pretty well. Thunder Bear. Thorbjorn Olsen. Obliterated Jordan Spieth on Sunday. Thunder Bear. A man named Thunder Bear beat Jordan Spieth. What's Jordan Spieth's nickname? Not Thunder The Bear. Golden Child? I'm <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Jordan Spieth should realize he got beat by a man named Thunder Bear. <laughs> Thunder Bear, more like Lightning Wolf. Oh. Okay. That was Cut fine. That. Well, that was fine. No. Cut mm, that too. Okay. That was fine. Allow fine. it. Allow it. I'll allow it. Um, so, yeah, it was really bad, though. Like, it was em- terrible. Embarrassing levels of bad. And now we're getting stories in the media recently about how Film. there was a lot of not – there was bad chemistry within the team. Guys are reportedly almost fighting each other in the aftermath of it. Well, specifically Dustin Johnson <laughs> and Brooks Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Patrick Reed and Jordan Spieth Patrick had Patrick Reed and Jordan Spieth have something yeah. – Have some beef brewing. Gosh. So. I tell you what. That, the Europe. United States can't win the Ryder Cup. You know why? Because none of those guys can play a team sport together. None of them can. Well, none no, of those guys none can. Of them, none of them can hit, the, can, can hit it in the fairway. Well, that too. But I'm just <laughs> when saying. You're, when you're hitting out a rough that's up to the middle of your shin every hole, you're going to have problems winning holes. The French style I mean, of golf course is quite lengthy in the grass. They've played. I don't I don't know how to explain you, this. Uh, the, United, the U.S. hasn't won a Ryder Cup in Europe in what, since 93? Since 1993. The United yeah. I just, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Those guys can't play a team sport. I'm telling you. They're, they're, it's it's become an egotistical, 
It's become an egotistical sport, almost. <laughs> golf? And it's just ridiculous. You're telling me golf? Those Euro- the European team can play as a team. Golf That's just why they win every year. That's why they sport in Those guys can do that. They're also good. They're very they're good, too. <laughs> I will say, there's a very good European team. That's the but, best European team that's existed during my lifetime. Yeah. You could maybe say that about the U.S. team, though. You mm. could. Well, individually, but we're talking about a team construct. I'm just saying. I mean, I, I, would, I would, would the 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 twenty the twenty eighteen Ryder Cup team would beat the two thousand eight team that actually beat Europe, in my opinion. Yes, they. I I think they would have little to no problem beating the likes of Boot Weekly. Yes, you are correct. I don't know. Boot Weekly is a god. So yeah, in terms but of see, talent, this is one of the better U.S. rosters. It's it's about ever. it's about meshing together. You you've got those pairings, you've got this team, and the, it's just like those guys can't figure it out. But they had when they've done well, they've had guys that can do that, and like a guy like Boo Weekly could do that. Locker room guy. Honestly, you need locker room guys in the Ryder Cup. And they didn't have anybody this well, year. You go out and pick Webb up Bryson. To. You go out and pick up Bryson DeChambeau, <laughs> who everybody hates. It's just you don't, ridiculous. You don't like L'Artiste? <laughs> <laughs> but like Europe's got guys like Garcia, Poulter. They've got all these guys. Well, even if they're not winning, they've been there forever, and at least they can yeah. carry along the they young guys. They know how to win. They know how to and win. And you want to people people were talking about, you know, Sergio's not playing great. Poulter's not playing great. Their presence. The, the uh well and the bottom four in the tour championship, all four of those guys played on the US Ryder Cup team. It was Mickelson, Reed, uh, I don't know I don't know why Mickelson Watson, went. I have both. Watson probably down there and maybe uh, like I don't I, remember. I know you have to pick Phil, but like you shouldn't have. Picked you don't Phil. have to pick Phil. You could have taken Xander Shoffley. This is mm. this is Phil's last. He missed. Yeah. Tony Finau was the only now. captain's pick to win a match. Shout out, picks, shout out to Tony Finau. Captain's though. picks went two and nine. Finau went two and one. So that's on Furyk then, can't right? Stand. It. Well, I don't think you can. I mean, you can't just not take Tiger. Yeah, I think that was Tiger pretty was clear that you had to. T- I mean, yeah, it, it would have he, helped he if Reed too. wasn't an absolute anchor tied around his, <laughs> tied around his waist. It, Reed was useless. He would have shot ninety on Friday. It was unbelievable. Um, so you know, tying this back to IU football real quick. So within <laughs> no, the, I don't even care. Within the, within the construct of the Ryder Cup, or IU is the U.S. and Ohio State is Europe, right? For what's going to happen this weekend? No. No, because no? Well, going into it, everyone thought the U.S. was going to win, and no one thinks Indiana. No one has thinks a Indi- so. If I anything, sure if anything, Indiana is about to win by a lot. If if we're making a Ryder Cup prediction or uh, comparison, because Ohio State's got the loaded, they're loaded with the talent. You know, <laughs> this is a real real contender for one of their best teams ever. Maybe who knows? <laughs> and then you got this plucky bunch of Indiana Hoosiers. Now you're starting Heck to yeah. think we're going to win. Well, the good news is I just got a commercial on my laptop for the match on Thanksgiving weekend between Tiger Woods oh, and good. Phil Mickelson. So I'm over. I know I'm what over I'm doing nope, on the I'm Friday before now. Thanksgiving. Two guys that failed to win a match at the Ryder Cup. <laughs> they went and combined 0-7. Watch them play match. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, that'd be like Ball State and Rutgers playing a winner-takes-all game on pay-per-view. Cam, quit with the comparisons. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> final thoughts, anyone? Indiana, Ohio State. You just want to talk more about golf, so. 
I honestly do. Let's talk about the Safeway Open this week, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening once again to the Indiana Daily Student Football Podcast. Be sure to follow us all on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at IDS underscore sports. Visit IDSnews.com. Read our content. And we're going to go to Columbus, Ohio on Saturday we morning. We didn't even talk about that. We will. Well, I mean, we're going to go watch Indiana losing Columbus, Ohio Should be a on piece Saturday. of cake compared to Miami. Three and a half hours each way. Murphy's. Yeah, Murphy's done worse before. Oh, I've done much worse. Hopefully no speeding tickets this time. If I get another speeding ticket, I'm losing my license. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely no speeding tickets this time. Um, and we'll be there, so be sure to follow us all day on Saturday for content from Ohio Stadium. 106,000 people or so will be in attendance, and we'll be at least three of them to watch Indiana take on Ohio State, a 4-1 and versus 5-0 and matchup, and that's all you need to know. It'll be a very competitive game, very close. Be sure to follow us all day for updates, and be sure to stick with us at IDSnews.com. Thank you so much.